Hey everybody, we have a new sponsor and a special deal for our listeners of Karen Isn't Always Right. If you have any photos or documents that you need to scan, or videotapes, audio tapes, or film reels that you need to import, you should check out avgearguy.com. If you mention the name, Karen Isn't Always Right, when you order, you're going to get 5% off and a portion of your order is going to help support the podcast, Karen Isn't Always Right. All of those formats degrade over time and are sitting ducks in the case of fire or theft. Why not convert it all to digital? All your memories can be stored safely on the cloud or even a hard drive that fits in your pocket. AV Gear Guy has over 30 years of experience with all kinds of media and they can accept orders from anywhere in the U.S. Don't forget to mention the name of Karen Isn't Always Right and get 5% off. For more details and to book, visit their website at avgearguy.com. That's avgearguy.com. Hey everybody, welcome to another podcast of Karen Isn't Always Right. My guest today is Shad Barth. Shad is a GM of a theater and has some great insight to share into his career as well as customer service and leadership. To be honest, I really didn't know Shad very well prior to the podcast other than just by name, but after talking to him, he's a great guy and a great leader. Really enjoyed this conversation and I hope you do too. Here's Shad. Doing all right about yourself i'm doing well man just enjoying the memorial weekend you know it's weird being off work isn't it? on memorial day weekend <laughs> it really you know? little to do yeah exactly you yeah. know it's it's just like you know you've been doing it for so long it's uh it's mind-altering to, to think about you know it's like man i've never had a weekend a holiday weekend like this off <laughs> yeah i mean i can't even remember to have been with the exception of one year when I left the theater industry and it was only for like six months, but it was over Memorial day. Man, that was back in like 06, but beyond that, I think it's been like a 20, 20 something years. Yeah. So. Yeah. I remember uh, the last time I think I was off for a holiday my, when my mom passed away in 99 uh, with uh, the 4th of July weekend. And that was yeah. you know, different turns, but, uh, but yeah, like I said, it's, it's weird. These are not good reasons to get holidays off. Let me right. Tell you. I agree. Yeah. I agree. So, so uh, for the benefit of the audience, I know who you are, but uh, tell us about yourself. Tell us who you are. Well, I'm Shad Barth, obviously. Um, I've been uh, working in the theaters for uh, this year. It'll be my uh, 29th year. Yeah, nice. So um, for all intent and purposes, I guess it's pretty much been my only job. Yeah. Um, I started as a uh, 16-year-old usher slash projectionist um young projectionist wow. yeah yeah well you know i started uh uh i started at a discount house for national amusement so it okay. was a it was a sixplex uh uh super saver cinemas moline illinois so shout out to the 309 <laughs> <laughs> um so uh yeah they hired in that uh, you know basically your usher you you did usher and you you ran the 35 millimeter projectors you know okay okay so, uh, funny story on that. That's how I got started. And, you know, I'd done like uh, your typical 14, 15 year old. I'd umpired for a couple summers, you know, baseball, softball, um, detassel corn for, for a summer or two. Sounds fun. Uh, yeah, Illinois, you know. <laughs> how many people could say they've tipped cows, you know? Exactly. <laughs> it's a fun Friday night in my area. Yeah, exactly, you know. Um, but, uh, 
you know, outside of one summer, um, you know, I'd been working in the theater, I think for, I don't know, maybe like a year and a half. And, uh, you know, you get that itch, you know, see what else is out there. And, you know, and, and I went and I did uh, telemarketing for one <sighs> summer. Oof. Let me tell you. Let me tell you. And, you know, it was funny. Well, in hindsight, it was great because it was, uh, you know, I got talked. I put in my my notice that, you know, I was going to go make big money doing, being a telemarketer. Uh -huh. You know, <laughs> <laughs> 17 and a half, you know. So, uh, but, you know, the, the, the GM at the time talked me into uh, to staying on for just one day, Thursday nights, to do film work and change marquee and stuff like that, basically, because, you know, he had nobody else to do it. Yeah. Um, so I agreed. And, but in hindsight, it's one of those things that has uh, benefited me in spades, you know, because of that one conversation and staying on for one day, I kept my date of hire through three different companies that's benefited me in buyouts and stuff. Yeah. You know, it's it's yeah, funny. You're with our company by sole virtue of acquisition, right? Three, yeah, two different acquisitions. I yeah. was with National Amusement, so I never left. I've never quit, never left, but I, we were acquired. National Amusements was acquired by Rave Cinemas. And then, of course, you know, Cinemark acquired us, you know, seven, goodness, seven years ago. God, time flies. Wise. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, uh, but yeah, like I said, it, it's funny on on just how at the time being, you know, 17, um, I, I know it wasn't 18 yet, but being 17, such what seemed at the time such an inconsequential decision and uh, uh, almost to an extent that, you know, I don't know if I felt put out, but it was like, yeah, I guess I'll stay to help out. I felt bad. You know, I, I didn't want to, um, yeah. yeah, but you know, in hindsight, my gosh, like I said, just such a small little decision in my life has just paid in Gave spade, you, you know? Yeah. Cause each time we were acquired, you know, I kept my data pie, I kept my, my, uh, my time in and, mm -hmm. and, or, or percentages of, yeah. so, I mean, it, it really did. That's like I said, it's, that's good. That's good. You know, I did a similar thing actually when I was 20, I, uh, had, I hadn't been with Cinemark for very long, and then I was presented with an opportunity, as they say, <laughs> uh, to come uh, do uh, telemarketing, but it was selling, it was kind of work, it was working for like a subsidiary of Dish, or a, a contractor okay. for Dish, and so I had to sell Dish programming over the phone, and along with that programming, you had to sell the equipment too. It sucked. Oh. I mean, it was the worst, but it did teach me how to learn uh, how to accept no, you know, and kind of get yelled Absolutely. at a little bit, a lot of Karens on the phone back then. Absolutely. And you know, the thing was, uh, you know, I wasn't even selling anything. Um, you know, while I was doing uh market research. Okay. So basically we were asking question was uh surveys on cigarette smoking, you know? So, uh, you know, and back then, you know, people didn't have cell phones and, mm -hmm. you know, so, you know, you called them right around dinner time uh -huh. and, it was, you know, again, I can only imagine if I was trying to sell something, uh -huh. I was just asking them for questions and, and opinions and, oh my goodness, it was, I think I lasted uh, maybe two months. Yeah, know? same, same. I, <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, I was terrible at it. I mean, I was just terrible at it. My boss used to just get on my ass all the time. He's like, you don't take no for an answer. And I'm like, I, they don't want it. I can't, I can't tell them that they have to play. It was terrible. And I've never been patient. To fuck off more than, than that. So. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and patience is not something I was uh, uh, born with. You know, I do not have patience. That's one of my, my biggest uh, faults, you know, yeah, um, is it, uh, I could tend to be impatient. So, you know, but, uh, so yeah, so outside of that, you know, I, uh, so that, that one blip, you know, 
I've been in theaters, you know, full time since I was 16 years old, you know. What do you think made you stick with it so long? Uh, you know, I think it, not to be cliche, you know, in here and everybody else that's talked for the theaters, but it really is. It's the, uh, it's the environment and it's the atmosphere, you know? Um, I think you talk to, you know, I talk to people I know that run, you know, restaurants or retail establishments or office settings and stuff. And very few of them, I feel like they like, go out with the, the people they work with and hang out and, and, you know, when we were young and kids party with the people you work with. But mm-hmm. you think back of when you were in a theater, I mean, that was, that was your family. I mean, that was, you're working all the holidays. You were working the, the shitty hours, you know, the Friday, the Saturday nights, you know, when everybody else was, so who else are you going to hang with and who hey. else are you going to, it becomes your family, you know? Yeah. Um, and you know, that, that, that family evolves over time, you know, as far as, you know, when you're, when we were younger and you're part of the staff, I think they're, they're more your brothers and your sisters and, you know, as far as that goes, but then, you know, I think, you know, you evolve and you get experience and you move to the positions that we're in. Mm -hmm. And I think that family takes on more of like a, like a parental thing. You know, like I said, I consider a lot of my, my employees are like, they're almost like kids, you know, I mean, (laughs) and, uh, so, yeah, I think that that's, you know, of course, the love for movies. I mean, you know, I, I, I grew up on movies, so it's, uh, you know, it was natural to just to just uh, to love what I do, you know? Yeah, um, I, I think, um, you know, with regard to the them being kind of like kids, it, yeah, I think I've talked about this before, but it's the whole it kind of takes a village, you know, to raise raise kids, you know, and, and it's not meant to be condescending towards anybody that's younger that works in a theater or anything like that. That's how we kind of look at it. And it's, you know, whether it's teachers, parents, and your boss, those, these are the people that are developing. I mean, this, those are the people that developed me as I was growing up for better or worse, you know, I've had some (laughs) shitty bosses and stuff like that. But uh, overall, most of the bosses I had were good and they taught me, you know, organization. I mean, the level of organization I have now, Ooh, but I tell you what, even the shitty bosses though teach you a teach lot. You, you know, I tell you what, I think I probably apply more to my managerial skill set and general manager skill set from the boss, the shitty bosses I worked for, than probably the good ones. Not to take away from what I've learned from the good ones, but the bad ones stuck out. You know, that's like, you know what, I'm not going to be that. Yes. You know? Yeah. And you know, it it really it again, they might have been shitty, but I still it molded me into who I am because it. I went the opposite way. I was not going to do that. To well, yeah, you learn what not to do. And Absolutely. you learn how other people respond to that person too, besides just yourself, I think, mm-hmm. you know, and you, you, you know, you know how it is when you were an employee at a movie theater, it's very clicky and everybody sits around, especially like a movie theater party. And I mean, what are we all talking about? We're talking about the things we know. And so, you know, everybody's <laughs> bitching about their bus. I can't, I don't even want to think about how many parties there may have been where everybody's sitting around bitching about me, but, exactly. but you exactly. know, like, so you see those conversations happen and you hear what they're saying about that person. And, you know, you know, it's in the back of your head as you move up the ladder, just like you said, I don't want to be that person, you know? And, you know, I tell everybody and I, and I really, I, I think the older I get and the more experience I get, the more um, ingrained in my belief that I, I believe that there's no other job than the theater for a teenager to, to prepare them for life you know, for free, for future jobs. Yeah. I mean, you look at, 
you know, I tell a lot of people when they're interviewing, I, I consider the theater, we're like a hybrid business, you know? I mean, we might not be a, uh, a restaurant, but we sell fast food type, you know, things. So we have those challenges. Mm-hmm. We're not a Walmart, we're not a Target, but you know what? We sell shirts and plush <laughs> and, you know, posts or whatever, you know? Yeah. So yeah. we have those challenges, you know? We're not an amusement park, but you know what? Time is critical in our operation, you know, lines, cues, you know, the flow of our business. So it's like, we might not be, you know, fit into these categories of these other, these other jobs, but man, we got all these challenges of all those jobs rolled into one, you know, and it really teaches kids to, I mean, it teaches them to multitask. It means teaches them to to prioritize, you know, absolutely. You know, and, and, uh, you know, it, it might not be a hard job as far as, you know, we're not, you know, solving the world's problems, but, uh, but I'll tell you what, it's a challenging job for a teenager. It can be. yeah. It's a team effort too. And I, so I think it, you know, sports are great for teaching team, um, uh, teamwork, but I think the, the theater business is just like that too, because like, let's say you're an usher, you have to work as a team. I mean, the whole, the whole theater really does have to work as a team. Like contrary to, if you're working at Walmart, Walmart is so segmented and departmentalized, mm-hmm. you know, I don't, I mean, look, and I haven't worked at Walmart. So somebody listening to this that does, is probably <laughs> you know, sure cussing me out right now but um you're right but everybody just, thinks their job's harder than others yeah. you know it, that's human nature you know i work twice as hard as you yeah, do yeah yeah human nature i do think there is a misconception sometimes about movie theaters oh, you know, because yeah. back in the day you know, movie theaters were simpler 20 years ago even 10 years mm-hmm. ago they were simpler than they are absolutely. now. absolutely it's gotten absolutely. so complicated and i think people still think of movie theaters as like well, I mean, all you're doing is serving popcorn and running a movie, pushing a button, you know? Exactly. Like, mm-hmm. How many times you get asked, so you just sit around and watch all the movies all day. That's yeah. awesome. I was I talking wish. to a friend the other day about that. He's like, what have you been doing like during the show? And I was like, bro, uh, yeah. I haven't worked this hard physically in a while. And he's like, you got time to serve? You, you, can you watch movies while you're there alone? I'm like, Man, I don't have time for that. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> you think like, just, come, just come shadow me for one day, you know? <laughs> Come no. shadow me for one day. No you kidding. see the uh, the fires that I've got to put out, the uh, the fires that I got to prevent. You know, it's. Uh, but again, I. I it's it, a great job, though. It is the feedback into it on. You know, it's uh, no two days are alike. You know, yeah. just when you think you've seen it all, it's like, huh, I haven't seen that before. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? Yeah, I say that all the time. It's like you know, every time I think I know everything about this job, I just work another day. You know, yeah. and and it's always evolving. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know. I do find uh, sometimes I get nervous for, for newer GMs. I mean, you and I have been doing this right about the same amount of time. Um, and, and we'll kind of come back to your career too. But uh, sure. I, I've, sometimes I come across issues. Uh, and mo- a lot of it's HR related anymore. But I'll come across like an HR related issue. And even I'm stumped. And I've been doing this a long ass time. And I'm sitting here thinking, okay, how do I need to handle this? So and I don't, I, look, I consider myself relatively intelligent. You know, I'm not the dumbest guy in the world. I'm not the smartest guy in the world. But, you know, I feel like overall I make good decisions. But if I'm stuck on this, I just got to wonder, like, sometimes, I, I what's a GM that's only been doing this for a year or so doing? Yeah. And I think that manifests itself in some of the uh, uh, the directions and the uh, uh, information we're getting. It's like, well, duh, I know that. <laughs> it's like, okay, well, I know that, but maybe, you know, Jimmy over here. a three-page email from certain executives. (laughs) (laughs) I try to keep that in mind. It's like, okay, that wasn't written for me. That was written for Jimmy that just started, you know? Exactly, exactly. So, 
But, uh, but yeah, like I said, it's, again, it, I think that's the beauty of the job too. It's just that the same things that, that really make it stressful and hard are the same things that I love about it. You know, it's, mm-hmm. you know, to steal that old quote from, from uh, league of their own, it, the hard is what makes it great. You yeah, know? exactly. It is the challenge. I was just talking to my wife about that yesterday and her family in that, you know, like I haven't really been stressed at all during this shutdown. I just put my head down, I clean, I, you know, I'm doing all the things that we need to be doing yeah. right now, but I had, there's been zero stress to a degree. That's nice, you know, but th- there is this part of me that's like, I kind of want to go back to a little bit of that, that stress and that challenge because I miss leading a team of people. Cause right now we're just caretakers. We're just Absolutely. taking care of a building. We're a glorified janitor, whatever it is, you know, and I'm not complaining for the record, but like, yeah. I just miss those people. And I even miss those customers that, you know, can get riled up with you or whatever. I mean, like overall, contrary to the, you know, to the whole concept of this podcast, overall, most people, most customers are fine. Yeah, know, I agree. Those, those one-offs or whatever that create a podcast like this. Squeaky wheels get the grease, you know. The, 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 the ones that stand out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, I do miss, I miss the challenge of the people because I do think the people is what makes this job the most challenging because they're the variable. They're Absolutely. The, yeah, absolutely. And you know, they're great. You know, like I said, yeah. I've got, uh, you know, I'm sure as you do, um, you know, you got a lot of, you know, usual customers that come in, you know, my name, you know, you know, um, I love to sit there and talk movies on, you know, I always tell them, it's like, you know, let me know what you think on of the movie when you come out, you know, sure. yeah. um, and, and they'll uh, find you. Oh yeah. 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 To come tell absolutely. You, yeah. And yeah. I love it. I love hearing that, you know, I, I love, uh, you know, and again, the, the, the range of, of ages, sex, uh, it, they're just all over the board, you know? Um, yeah. and I just, uh, and it's fascinating, you know, to, you know, what type of movies they like and you love, you love to see the excitement, you know, or, or even the disappointment when they come out, like, oh, yeah, that one just sucks. Dog shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I want my money back. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. But yeah, I miss it too. You know, I was just telling, you know, my RVP the, uh, the other day, it's like, you know, never thought I'd say it, but you know, I miss saying the ushers did what? (laughs) 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 Is, uh, is Robbie your, your, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 He's a good dude. Um, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That, you know, I, I just miss, I miss the people, man. It's crazy. And then, and like you were kind of touching on at the beginning that pretty much what everybody touches on is, is really, that is the love of the job for me is the people aspect of it. I love, you know, sitting, you know, when it, when it, when everything dies down a little bit and you have that moment to breathe and you're in the office and a few other managers are in the office and you just have time to like, you know, vent a little bit or just BS about different stuff. And absolutely. And it's just like, it's the accomplishment. You know, I remember, you know, one of the biggest, we, I I think it was like one of the last Harry Potters. Um, You know, I remember back in that day where it was, you know, uh, we did the midnights and that was it. You didn't start at the seven and, and <laughs> right. thin that business out. Exactly. And then, so it was like one of the last Harry Potters and, uh, you know, we sold out every seat in our building, you know, it was over 3000 seats in our building, yeah. sold them all out. And you know that they're all starting at midnight, you yeah. know, so you've got 3000 people coming in the door and you've got to figure out where to place them, you yeah. know, for what all yeah. the time they are. Yeah. Oh man. And it was just like, you know, it was like the, uh, you know, and for those, they would start lining up at nine, 10 o'clock, you know, in their, you know, in their costumes. Yeah, sometimes even earlier. Sometimes oh yeah. In the oh, door yeah. At four o'clock in the afternoon. Oh, you're like, yeah. <laughs> exactly. 
you know, and they'd have their games that they're playing or whatever. And, uh-huh. and, you know, and, you know, you'd be that three hours or whatever of just preparing and just constantly moving them. And then, and then it was just like, bam, go, you know, and it was Such just like rush. for the next hour, hour and a half, it was just like crazy yeah. because, you know, you had as many co- uh, tills open as you could, but again, being a Thursday night, midnight show, your options were limited on oh, who could work. You, you know? got three people working. Could have worked. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> God help you if you're in California, right? But it's funny, you know, I think Jeff and I were talking at one time, it's like, you know, we would have one for those type of events, you would have just apps, just lines forever, you know, mm-hmm. but, but nobody complained. That's yes. what I'm saying. Nobody complained. Yeah. Cause you they know, just now, yeah. yeah, now it's like if I got four people deep, it's like I've been waiting 30 minutes. Yeah, how dare you have it? No, you have it. <laughs> if you have, you're dumb. Come right, on. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, there is that rush that comes along, that oh. came along with that. It's different now. Uh, it's different for a couple different reasons. One is just because they start so early now and it's not Spread as an event. Um, but two, I, I imagine you're reserved, right? I just started reserve. We just started reserved uh, last summer. So we would be going on our year of. Well, it just makes all the difference in the world with regard to your operation because, the, and, but that, it. it does suck a little bit of the excitement away because, it does. you know, you don't have everybody out in the hallways and the lobby and things like that. Now, operationally speaking, it's incredibly easy. because <laughs> Much easier. Yeah. But, you know, there was that sort of that thrill and that energy because I, I remember before I had reserve, I'd walk down a hallway and there's just all these lines all over the place. And, and you're just, you can feel it coming off people and you engage with all these people as you're walking out. How's everybody doing? Like, what's going on? You guys excited? You know, especially if it was like maybe a kid's movie or younger, it geared younger and you can really get them like pumped up, man. And yeah, you'd play with them. You know, I, I, you know, one of my favorite things I'd love to do is, you know, we'd get them all seated, you know, it'd be for, you know, I don't know, premiere of star Wars, you know, and, mm-hmm. Tell everybody, hey, I want to thank everybody coming out for watching Smurfs. We're going to get it on in a second. And you yeah. see the deer and headlight look like, oh, shit, I'm in the wrong, <laughs> the wrong movie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I love going to the auditorium, and I'm that guy. I like the energy. Public speaking, you know, and I make that announcement. How's everybody doing tonight? And just roar of, like, applause and, like, screams and stuff like to that. Hear, yeah, to hear three, four hundred, whatever your house size at the time of people, just, mm-hmm. it, it is. It's, a, it's an energy, you know, and I think not to segue, but I, I think that that's the power of movies in itself. Mm-hmm. You know, I think that's why I don't believe movies will go, movie theaters will go anywhere. It's, it's listening, laughing along with 300 other people or being excited that Iron Man, you know, kicks Thanos's ass, you know, right. with 300 people. I mean, it's that crowd that's, uh, you know, that camaraderie, you know, it, mm-hmm. it's, it, it's irreplaceable. You can't yeah. get that with, your wife and two kids in the in the, in the living room. room. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and uh, I'm glad you brought that up too because I was I was thinking about this. Uh, yeah, sure. my, since my wife's family is in town for the holiday weekend, we've obviously been talking about all of this kind of stuff, and we've been talking about my podcast. So I was just kind of talking about what other people are saying about this, and then you know, sure. social media is you know blowing all this up. And so every time I open up Facebook, I see. Uh, cinema tour saying posting the next article about like you know the cert we've surveyed people about whether or not they're going to go back to the movie theater or whatever yeah. and it's and there's this part of me that gets really pissed because it just seems like sometimes there's it's either the media or a group of people or a combination of the two that seem to want movie theaters to fail yeah and it's like what is wrong with you like this is yeah. a it's an american pastime you know it's just almost like baseball it's like it's an american thing to do in my opinion, absolutely to see a movie and- 
you know, my question always is, what 70 people did you ask? You know, how many times, what I want to know, what I want the qualifying question to be is how many times have you seen a movie in the past year, you know, or two years, you know, given our current circumstances, you know, and if you're telling me, Oh, I've been to a theater maybe once. Of course you're going to answer that, you know, theaters are going to go away. You know, I want you to ask the people that go to six movies a year, you know, and ask them if they think theaters are going to go. Yeah, exactly. Or a movie a week. I mean, you know, those people are out there too. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, my phone's ringing off the hook about when we're going to be open. So I I have no doubts that people are coming back. I mean, that's, that's, uh, that's not a question, you know? Right. Right. Yeah. I feel pretty confident about it too. But yeah, I think, uh, you know, and what I think, I don't know who came up with the argument. I know we've heard it a few times, probably in conferences and stuff, and, but I, I think it's a perfect uh, analogy or a perfect uh, viewpoint is that streaming, while it itself might be new, the, 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 the idea of it is not new, mm-hmm. you know? There's really not a whole lot different from clicking on my, my TV and picking the movie I want to watch versus just driving down the street to Blockbuster 20 years ago and picking out a movie to, that I wanted to watch or turning on HBO 30 years ago. Yeah. It's just it's the delivery. More convenient. Yeah. It's the delivery that's changed. You yes. know what I mean? The competition of itself hasn't changed. It's the delivery of that. You know, there's always been the straight to video movies, you know, that you know, while the quality might be a little bit better, you know, some of your A-list movies or stars might be a little bit more inclined to do a Netflix movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there were still those straight to video movies, you know? So yeah. I, I'm a big believer that the, that the competition hasn't changed in 30, 40 years, you know? It's just the delivery and the ease, you know, and the convenience that's, that's improved, yep. you know? Yep. And while that might shave a few people off, it's not going to be the death knell of our, of our yeah. industry. Yeah. Well, and, and I think, uh, you know, we were, we were in a meeting recently that w- this was being discussed or whatever. And, and, you know, it was mentioned, it was like VHS, well, streaming. And then before that, it was like VHS and before that, you know, whatever it was, but I don't even think TV was mentioned as a competitor to movies. Back <laughs> it, was, it was huge. That was, that was, a, that was the first death of, of yeah. uh, everybody of the- said, well, TV's here. Why would anybody go see a movie? And it's like, oh, here we are still. Exactly. <laughs> Yeah. Still rocking and rolling, you know? I know. So take yeah. me back. Let's go back to your career for a minute. Um, okay. so you started when you were you were 16. and Where where was that? Where were you living? So, again, I was in Moline, Illinois. Okay. So, That's you know, right. it's a funny story. Yeah, funny story. I love telling this story. Again, to kind of come back to those those little little decisions in life that, that just change the whole outcome of your – so, you know, I'm, I'm turning 16, and, and like most – at that age, you know, you're looking for a job, you know, you want the, the, that power, that freedom, you know, to, yeah. to buy whatever you want, do whatever you want. Um, so, you know, I got a job at, uh, at a restaurant by the airports, Bud Skyline Inn, and uh, being a busboy, okay? okay? So I'm getting ready for my first day on the job, you know, okay? Getting ready, I'm all excited, and my phone rings. And I pick up the phone, and it's my good friend, Russ Robinson, who works at the theater. And he says, hey, dude, you still want a job? And I said, well, I got one. I said, where? And he says, they're here at the theater working with me. And I'm like, okay. He goes, but you got to start today. <laughs> oh, shit, seriously. Yeah. Yeah, you can do it back then. Now you can't, yeah. you can't start today. And I'm like, all right, I'm in. And the rest is history. I never showed up at Bud Skyline Inn, you know. <laughs> I could be running restaurants to this day. Who knows if I would have yeah. uh, stuck with it. But, yeah, so uh, 
uh, yeah, that one phone call just at the right moment, you know, if he calls, you know, 15 minutes later, I'm already on my way to my uh, first job. And then I probably would have felt committed at that point, you know? Right. right yeah. So, uh, but yeah, so it was that close. So. Yeah. You know, I know I what you mean about you're that age, just dying to have a, a real job. Cause I had had other, I, I don't know if you listen to my, my feed yeah. or whatever, but like same kind of thing, man. And I was a year younger and it was such a pain in the ass trying to get a job as a 15 year old. It was. Nobody wanted to hire you when you were oh. 15. So I lied about my age. That's what got me. <laughs> and I didn't even need to. Didn't right. So life um, lesson, right? I know. So how long, how long were you at that theater uh, as an employee? And then before you started doing, I worked there for, you know, like I said, it was, it was a small, and again, it, it's, it's, it's like, you know, growing up and going back to your, your high school and realizing how small the, the, the hallway seemed, you know, mm-hmm. you know, at the time it was a sixplex, you know, it was a discount house. It was a super service. So, um, was second rub, second run. And, you know, I don't remember the, uh, the, uh, occupancy size, but it couldn't have been more than five, 600 people, you sure. know, it was yeah. a converted warehouse into a theater, you know, over years. Um, but you know what, we would sell that place out every weekend, you know, lines down the, and it was so exhilarating. Now it's like 500 people in a set. What's that? Yeah. <laughs> Man, Although this that is slow. I'm going home. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, I mean, and right away, I mean, that's, again, that's where I got hooked. It was just that, that adrenaline of going through a set, you know, selling out, moving people, you know, yeah. asking people to move together, you know, and just, oh, know. Uh, but, uh, um, but yeah, so like I said, I, I worked there for, you know, I worked my way up to a, to assistant manager and it was, and again, it was a sub run and, and it molded a lot of my my career after because you were forced to hold, have many hats, you know, mm-hmm. um, I think, you know, on some of our bigger management teams, you know, you get some managers that maybe um, are departmentalized, you know, yep. they get comfortable working in the concession stand or the projection booth or whatever yeah, the case may be. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Um, you couldn't do that. There was two assistant managers and one GM there and you know, that was it, you know? Yeah. So you had to know how to do everything. There was no, you know, you had to know how to do film work, inventory, mm-hmm. um, all that stuff, you know? So, but, and again, that, that shaped me, you know, um, paid off huge, you know, through my career, you know, of yeah. having those early experiences, you know? I think going that direction as far as your, your development and your training as a manager is hugely beneficial. Cause that's kind of how I started too, as a manager, it was, it was a non-departmentalized theater. We were still relatively busy, but non-departmentalized. And then I moved into bigger, busier theaters where it became much more departmentalized, but because mm-hmm. I had that experience first where I was doing everything, I was Absolutely. that much more prepared, you know, when I became invaluable, yes. you're more valuable, you know? Um, but, uh, but yeah. And like I said, it was, you know, um, I loved it. You know, it was, uh, uh, exhilarating, you know, it yeah. really was. So, so I worked there for, you know, um, well, I worked there all through high school and all through college, you know, um, and uh, I worked over at, at the first run theater for National Amusements in Milan. I worked there for a little bit. Okay. And, you know, my goal, I, I was always going to get out of that area that, you know, I knew from a very young age, this is not where I want to, I want to live, you know, yeah. um, not that it's a bad place. It was just, uh, I knew I wanted more, I, mm-hmm. you know, I, I wanted a different, uh, a different setting for, for a multitude of reasons. So I had always, ironically, I'd always had 
Colorado was going to be where, that's where right, I wanted to end up. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's where I wanted to end up. And uh, so, uh, you know, I put in my notice, you know, I was wrapping up college. I was in my last semester, you know, and I gave a huge notice. I'm like, listen, at the end of the school year, I'm, I'm gone. Oh, yeah. Yeah. As, as I get my, my degree. I'm, I love people like that. I'm gone. <laughs> you know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, uh, you know, a little time went on and uh, <clears throat> they came to me and they said, you know, um, you know, do you not like working for the company? And I said, oh, no, I, I love working for the company. I love the job. It's just, just you know, I, I want to move, you know, away from here. Yeah. So I said, well, you ever been to Cincinnati, Ohio? Well, no, <laughs> it's going yes. the opposite way of uh, Colorado. But uh, so they flew me out for uh, at the time for National Musings, we had what was called uh, POC, which was projection projection orientation class. Okay, so basically it was to to teach managers, you know, the correct way to to change a bulb, you know, um, all that kind of stuff. Filmwork, even though you've got years of experience doing it, you know. But, this isn't how Joey trained you. Right, right. Exactly. This this is the official by the book way that because <laughs> you're all learning like exactly. Ways. Yeah. Very few people use, but this is the way that it's supposed to be. Right. So uh, so anyway, so they flew me out to take that. It was like a two week course, which ironically or not ironically, but uh, interestingly, uh, that's where I met Jeff for the first time. Okay. Uh, Jeff and I actually went were in that course together. Uh, roommates funny you know his memory it's he didn't even realize it was me until years later when I brought it up he's like that was you <laughs> I mean we went out we played cards I mean he had no idea it was me that's funny so uh but yeah so I came out here and uh you know I liked the area they were building a new theater at the time it was Western Hills it's it's still it's with us um so uh you know they asked me that you want to come out here be part of the management team to open up that building I said okay so I came out to Cincinnati in uh, 95, so yeah, 25 years ago. Crazy. I was in that neck of the woods a couple of times. It's um, a great area. I loved like it. Year before, like, I was in Florence. Um, okay, yeah, good talk. I was at Chambers Theater a couple of times. Yeah. Uh, yeah. 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 So, yeah, I got out here in 95, and ironically, I, I didn't work at Western Hills. When I got out here, uh, National Amusements had just bought in a, a Sony Lowe's chain um, of theaters in the area. They had uh, four or five theaters and uh, one of the managers at this uh, small little twin, you know, that was right down the, well, not right down the street, but in the, the, the neck of the woods of the Western Hills location um, was one of those Sony Lowe's. Well, one of those managers had been in a bad car accident. And so mm -hmm. she was out for, for a definite amount of time. Yeah. So it was plug and play. They put me right there so ironically one of the very few theaters in the Cincinnati area that I have not worked at is the theater I came you to, to open <laughs> you know <That's> <laughs> and you know like I said you know working I worked at that twin and it was I was miserable you know mm -hmm. it was slow I mean, Western Hills had just opened up so it was a twin it was an old twin I don't even remember when it was open. it was Codedale I don't even remember when it was open but it was a you know a huge they were like 800 site season auditoriums they were just oh, huge yeah. they had the old balconies you know they mm -hmm. were walled off but you know they had the old yeah yeah but i mean you know it did no business whatsoever you know and i was just miserable i'm like man i transferred from two states away you yeah. know yeah. run i was working at Milan at the time which was the first which was a, a top of the line national amusement theater in illinois mm -hmm. i was bit i was irritated you know yeah. but again 
one of those things like looking back, you get age, you get experience, you know, uh, and looking back and I wouldn't change it for the world because yeah. I met a great friend of mine, you know, Robert Beatty was the general manager of that theater. And, uh, you know, he's a great friend of mine and man, he taught me, you know, as far as how to get around the city, where things were, um, taught me just all kinds, you know? Sure, yeah. And it was, like I said, if I could re-script it and play it again, I wouldn't change a darn thing. You know, yeah, I, uh, regret, right? yeah. Yeah, yeah, I love that, you know, it gave me a chance to, to ease into, you know, into the area. You know, there was, I, I took being that young and, and moving, I was naive in how much it took to get situated, <laughs> yes, you know, yeah. uh, I just thought I'm like, yeah, I'll show up the next day and bam, I'm good. <laughs> no, right. it doesn't work that way. You yeah. know, you got, you got shit to get, get sorted. And, and, yeah. uh, and like I said, being in a new city and a much bigger city, you know, I was mm -hmm. from, you know, a, a small, town. it's a, yeah, it's a, it's a small area. So, yeah. um, so yeah, like I said, it, it, uh, wouldn't change it for the world. You know, it kind of happened. Happened to me a little bit too. I went from basically one of the busiest theaters, the biggest theaters in the entire company to one of the slowest theaters in the entire company when I went from being a Sam to being a, a general manager. And I was just, I just was like, this sucks. Yeah. So, like watching paint dry. Yeah. But like you said, it on a personal level, it was great because I got to, because I went back to my hometown and to the theater I originally started out with Cinemark. It gave me a chance to kind of reconnect with some friends I hadn't seen in a few years and hang out with them and knowing this was basically going to be my last sort of hurrah with my friends because I think yeah. I was 20, was 21 or 22 at the time. You know, that's the that's the end of the those times, you know. It is. It's, it's that, that's that dividing line between the brothers and sisters, you know, and the, the and parent, the parent, you know, yeah. family thing. Yeah. It, it is, you know. Yeah. And then it developed me as a general manager because I didn't just jump right. You know, you're so cocky at that age. Absolutely. And you think you can, you know, everything or whatever. And, you know, I thought I could just jump into the same kind of theater that Casey was running when I was working for him. And, oh, no, 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 no. Yeah. <laughs> that would have been a yeah. bad idea. Yeah. Yeah. Ignorance is bliss. You know? Oh, is it? <laughs> yeah, it is. So it was while I was bored out of my mind on a professional level, it actually helped. So it was absolutely. Absolutely. And like I said, it's, I, I think you got to get, uh, you mature and you, you grow into that realization, you know? Uh, yeah. Um, yeah. and, uh, sometimes it's painful and sometimes it's, uh, it's slow, but you know, I, I think it, it definitely, yeah, you realize, you know, like that things happen for a reason, yeah. you know? And, and, uh, and like I said, it's just, you know, Again, Cincinnati has been great to me. You know, I, I've had huge opportunities. I've worked for, you know, uh, some shitty bosses and I've worked for some great bosses, you know. Um, and, uh, you know, I've gotten tons of opportunities. And, and uh, uh, like I said, I, I've worked in a multitude of theaters in the Cincinnati area with different responsibilities and different, uh, you know, uh, promotional levels. And yeah. so it's been, been great, you know. So when uh, you were talking about wanting to come to Colorado, have you almost come here since then? No, you know, I get to Cincinnati and, uh, and then life takes over, you know, mm -hmm. I mean, uh, you know, I had uh, uh, married, had kids, you know, and it starts to become home, you know, yeah. it, it, it yeah. does become home. It, it is home, you know, um, it, it uh, there was that balance where, you know, Moline no longer is, is what I consider home. It might be my hometown, but sure. Cincinnati is my home now, yeah. you know, yeah. <clears throat> but uh, no, you know, I never, uh, um, never got close. You know, like I said, it's still my aspiration to, to end up there once my kids are out of high school, you know, 
I just love the area. So yeah, that's awesome. Gorgeous, you know. Yeah. Uh, I've taken all my kids out there for uh, for Bronco games. Okay. Uh, yeah, I'm uh, you're a Chiefs fan. <laughs> I said I'm gonna try to ignore that. But usually uh, I'm drinking coffee out of a Chiefs cup. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> I appreciate the. Uh, you. <laughs> <laughs> you still got your champ, so you got a year to to, to enjoy it. We'll see how it goes. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, uh, but I, I just like I said, just the the views, the atmosphere. I just uh, I love everything about it. You know. Yeah. So, well, if you ever come, if you ever decide to move out this way, I'll give you some advice on where not to go as well. Yeah. So. <laughs> and that's helpful. That's helpful, yeah. you know, um, because like I said, I didn't have that when I moved to Cincinnati, you know, yeah. I, um, it was, uh, you know, again, you live and you learn. I, when we first moved here, I lived in Kentucky, which is just right across the road. Just across, yeah. It's a, uh, it's an odd setup, you know, like greater I didn't Cincinnati. I know that when I went out there. I had no yeah. idea. Yeah. yeah, Greater Cincinnati Airport. You're not landing in Ohio. You're landing in Kentucky. In Kentucky. <laughs> yep. Yep. <laughs> but uh, so the first year we lived out here, we lived in in Florence, where you were, yeah. you, uh, you visited. Um, and uh, you know it was great air. It was fine, but man, they were you know, Kentucky has uh, everything's based upon uh, property values. You know, okay. so like when you renew your tags for your car you're you're not a set amount like it is in ohio and what i was used to in illinois it's you know the flat rate it's based upon the value of your car colorado's like that too it sucks oh man i tell you what that's that's the driving factor on why i moved out of kentucky after my lease was up after i had an 86 (laughs) i had an 86 camaro um t-tops you know it was a z28 you know your typical teenager car um young adult car and, uh, you know, I went to, to, to transfer to Kentucky plates, you know, and, you know, I don't know, they're, they give me like some astronaut, I'm used to paying like 50 bucks to renew my tags or whatever. And mm-hmm. to renew my, t- or to, to get the Kentucky plates was like 300 and some odd dollars, you know, and that's a lot at that time, you know, when you're, you're young and for real. Yeah. They're like, yeah, it's based on the value. Your car's worth, I don't know, $8,000. I'm like, lady, you show me somebody that's going to give me $8,000 for that car, and I'm walking home today. Yeah, yep, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so, but yeah, so, uh, but again, like I said, to, to go back, to circle back, that's, you know, those things are valuable. You know, mm-hmm. I wish I had somebody to tell me, you know, you want to live I, here. You don't want to live there. You yeah. know. When I first started moving, and this will this will date us a little bit, but you know, internet was just really kind of coming <laughs> coming on the forefront, like being used frequently. And so I remember I was getting ready to move from Kansas City to Baton Rouge, and I didn't have the money to go down there and scope for a place to live. And so right. I just started calling apartment complexes, and I was like, "Can you just mail me?" some information yeah. you know because it's not like i just clicky clack go online exactly. oh, yeah, that looks like the place how do we survive how do we survive oh, <laughs> so yeah they sent me like their catalogs or whatever i had yeah. somebody send me newspapers and that's how i figured out my first place to live same yeah. thing when i moved from baton rouge to Pass, i had to do that although uh kate mr casey was nice enough to send me stuff uh and, and help right. look around for stuff but yeah. man it's like nowadays it's so much easier. like these kids today they just don't know <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, uh, but uh, you know, I left out too. Uh, uh, Rusty Belcher, you, you met Rusty. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Rusty was actually the regional supervisor at the time for National Amusements. So, you know, he facilitated my transfer from the Quad City, Moline, Illinois, to to okay. Cincinnati. So, so got to give him. Have you done Brady's project yet? You should. Uh, so you can lay out your progression, even not though yet. Some of these people. Not yet. 
Yeah. yeah, and I think it's fascinating just to see all the different people, you know, and it's a little bit different for for uh, for mine and, and say Jeff's because, you know, we sure. worked with different companies, you know, and and the nightmare that Rave was, you know, it, <laughs> you know, it purged, you know, as far yeah. as uh, the management staff you had and, and those people, you know, we lost yeah. a lot of good people in, uh, in, the, uh, in the Rave takeover. Great purge, yeah. Oh, my goodness. Those three years were uh, – uh, nightmare did did amc get part of national amusements and rave get part of national no 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 national amusements uh only sold to to rave they they sold yeah they only sold i think it was like 30 theaters um basically they were you know national amusements is it's national amusements still around i mean they're a uh northeast company so they're big up in massachusetts and and all the east coast uh, and so basically almost everything um you know, in the Midwest and, you know, really, I mean, as far out, Davenport, Iowa is as far out as, well, they had the, the bridge out in California. Oh, uh, west, far west. Is yeah, it? yeah, that was as far as, and they didn't even consider that one when they built that one. They put that in the international market. <laughs> they didn't even keep it in Seriously. the, yeah, it was weird. One thing that always uh, blew my mind was, you know, I think Jason's theater was the only national amusements theater I'd ever been in. Um, mm-hmm. And it blew my mind how big that place was for a 14-train theater. All of them are big. Mine's huge. Mine's huge. And I mean, Um, it's comparable to my current theater, my new theater, and and my theater's huge. And I still think about Jason's theater, how big that thing was. Because I remember I was getting a tour, and they took me upstairs to the reserve. And then he was like, hey, check this out. So we go into this hallway. And I was like, what is this? And he goes, let me show you. And it was just like office after office after office. Like, Storage oh, after for yeah. days. Yeah, I was like, yeah, good Lord. That's how National Amusement says. And, you know, it's funny, you know, you go through these buildings out here and, you know, you see the progression of where National Amusement was in that day. You know, I mean, for the longest time, all National Amusement buildings looked the same. It was white cinder block, you know, all looked the same. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it's funny because you see this progression of, of, of where National Amusements was and, and the schizophrenic nature they had in building. <laughs> a perfect example is, is Jeff and I were, our theaters opened day and date, the same exact oh, wow. day we opened up. You know, his in Dayton, Ohio, mine in Cincinnati, Ohio. And our theaters couldn't be anywhere any more different. You know, really? we, we share some commonalities, but I mean, totally different, you know. Huh. Um, but, uh, but yeah, but Florence turned out, Florence was kind of, I tell everybody, Florence was kind of the culmination of all these concepts and ideas that National Amusements had, you know, one-offs, and then it just kind of all came together in Florence. Yeah, with that, like, QSR, but then it had a full-on restaurant downstairs, and then Absolutely. we put a full-on restaurant upstairs, and then, yep. I mean, yeah. And, and that, it wasn't even supposed to be one of the ones that were sold. It was, uh, oh, it got really? thrown in the deal at the last minute because uh, another theater in the area long story but it it got pulled out and they had to replace national museums had to replace it for for rave and Florence hmm. ended up being the, the one that they replaced it with it's so. interesting i mean some of our listeners are probably like move on but i find that kind of stuff <laughs> fascinating like the, just the how all of these companies sort of seem intertwined and like mm-hmm. what you know we have to give up this theater mm-hmm. to get that theater because it's doj stuff or whatever and i mean it's just i don't know and i also like the just the web of who knows who and things like that it is it, it's um, uh incestuous you know yes exactly i've used that term before and sometimes people give me a weird look and it's like i like that relax uh, yeah. <laughs> so after uh after you left the twin where did you go 
Well, I, I bounced around, you know, yeah. um, I was, uh, and again, it, it made me a valuable manager in the area. You know, I, I was willing to move, you know, um, I didn't have kids at the time. So, you know, I moved around, I, I jumped from the, once we, the, the twin only lasted, it closed down, um, after that, that first summer that I was there. Okay. Um, and it was just, it was just riding out the lease. Cause again, Western Hills sure. was built in the same vicinity. So, um, so you just had to push through that time. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So got that done. And then I moved over to a, it was a, um, uh, let's see here. It was a six, sixplex. It was in Tri-County. I worked for Jamie Warman. Um, great guy. Like I said, I worked for him a couple of times, taught me a ton of stuff. You know, like I said, I attribute a lot of what I, what I, my management style today to, to, uh, to his style. So I worked there for a little bit and then, uh, like I said, I was there, there for a hot second. And then, you know, again, it was like where management openings were, you know, they wanted somebody nice. experienced. So I just kept, it was like plug and play, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, and ironically, again, I got moved around to a lot of those Sony Lowe's theaters because, uh, you know, they had management staffs that didn't know the National Amusements way, you know? So it was, uh, it was an easy plug, plug yeah. me in there. I can show them, you know, um, you know, how National Amusements does things. and, and How did that generally go for you? That, I think that's an interesting uh, thing that you bring up. So when you go in and you're there to kind of show them the way, so mm -hmm. to speak, you know, were you, were you met with resistance? Did people, were usually people pretty amenable to it or was it kind of like a combination of the two depending on where you were? i tell you what, I learned one of, some of the best advice I got was when I left uh, Moline, Illinois, when I left the, the, the Super Saver there or that area. And the general manager there gave me a piece of advice that, that I've instilled, you know, my entire career and I've, I've passed on to other people is that, you know, it's easier for one person to adapt to the team than to expect the team to adapt to you. Yeah. Um, don't go into a situation saying, well, at Moline, we did this. Well, at Moline, we did oh, God, this. Exactly. Moline. Yeah. yeah. People don't want to hear that. I'm like, oh, I guess you were perfect at Moline. Uh -huh, exactly. You know? People don't want to hear that. And it was great advice, you know, and I think that, you know, I, I instilled that. Absolutely. I instilled yeah. that. I made it a point that, you know, um, to sit back, you know, acclimate to the environment, acclimate to how they do so. Because again, with our, in our industry, there's a thousand ways to skin a cat, you exactly. know, yeah. my way is it works for me. It, it makes sense to me. It gets the results that I want. It doesn't mean it's the best way or the only way, yeah. you know, um, it can be hard though, because there's yeah, sometimes oh, very hard. you're like, oh, are you doing it that way? You know, but especially you got OCD like me. Yes. It's just like, oh no, yeah. two inches to the left, two inches <laughs> to the left will be good. Exactly. But uh, but yeah, like I said, I, I tried real hard to instill that that philosophy and you know and just uh, learn how they do things, understand why the whys. Why do you do it that way? You yeah. know, because uh, it a lot of times there's much more benefit than what you realize just because you're comfortable in your way you do. Right. You know? And you don't want them to think it's just an arbitrary, hey, we're yeah. just doing this just because this is how we've always done it. But, but it worked out. Like I said, I, I, like I said, a lot of great people, a lot of friends that I still have to this day, um, you know, like I said, moving around to those, those different theaters. And, um, um, and again, it was funny because, again, even though I'd been with National Musings for 10 plus years at that point, everybody in the Cincinnati area just thought I was a Sony Lowe's manager just because I had moved around. You know, I came in at the same time they acquired those theaters. I had yeah. moved around to all those theaters and it was like, wait, you've always worked for National Musings? <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. 
Yeah. It's funny because when the when the acquisition of Rave happened, you know, I don't remember how many theaters Rave had at the time that we, yeah. we brought on board, but um, I, I met so many new people at the next convention, and it was weird because you just you don't know because I didn't know everybody to begin with, and sure. so you come across people, and then you have to start going, okay, was that a Rave person? Is that a like legacy cinema person? Like, yeah. who did I just meet? I mean, That's the same thing happened together. when we did Century as well, but. Um, it's just interesting because, and it still happens that way. Like I'll oh, still yeah. come across people. I mean, I think I may have met you through Jeff, if I had to guess. Probably. We were at the uh, um, uh, Gold Club. Uh, was that what it was? Last year too, we met. Yeah, yep, that's right. That's right. Yeah. Um, in Boston. Yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> but like, I'll still come across people going, man, I don't know that I've ever Right. that person before but it's great because you get to continuously meet new friends and and things like that i mean really over the past couple of years gold club has helped out a little bit but over the past couple of years i've met a lot of new people which is yeah just pretty cool yeah so yeah and like i said going to, it's again because the, the national amusements you know I, I feel like we've been through so much so you know we recognize it's you know the jeff planey's the you know the kelly <laughs> mervins the mm-hmm. uh you know again we we've been through so much for so long, you know, it's, uh, you know, it's, uh, you identify. And so I've not been on that end of an acquisition. Do oh, you find it challenging miserable. or is it miserable? Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I, not the, uh, I tell everybody it's like the first 15 minutes of saving private Ryan. You know? <laughs> it was just like chaos. It's like, you've got members of your team going down left and right quitting, you know, and it's just like, yeah. You're just trying to drag as many people as you can up that beach. You know, you, you know, yeah. you know, you're going to take the beach, but it's just like, how many people are you going to lose? And yeah. We lost so many good managers. It was just, just because know, of fear of change. Mostly. No, it or... was, it was horrible. It was, uh, uh, that could be a whole other conversation, but it was, yeah, rave was just, um, well, they had bought us going into the, uh, uh, holiday season of, uh, 2010, I think, or 2009. So it was like Avatar had come out. It was a huge Christmas season, right? Yeah. yeah. So they went, they made it a point to tell everybody, listen, I know everybody's nervous, but you're going to keep your jobs. You're going to keep your wage, everything. Set everybody at ease. And we get past the holidays and it was, well, yeah, <laughs> maybe not everybody, maybe not nearly what you were making. And it just put a bad taste in everybody's mouth, I you know? So, yeah. And so, yeah, it was basically, uh, and it was one of those things where it was bumpy. It wasn't all raised fault at the beginning because it was to get through the holiday season, National Amusements managed the theaters still, even though they had sold them to rave. National Amusements na- managed them for a short period of time <laughs> while we transitioned. Yeah, yeah. So, but it was, it was, uh, you know, it was miserable. You know, I tell everybody, you know, rave owned my building for three years, but at age 10, you know, because no money was spent. No, you know, it was, it was hard. It was hard. So Cinemark came in. It was, they were like our uh, saving grace. It was. Yeah. Was that, was that, I mean, oh, I on the spot, but night and day, night and day. Why do you think? We were welcomed in. I mean, with rave, and this is no exaggeration with rave, it was, um, you had to audition for your job, you know, um, and their thing was, you know, we're looking for the right people. You know, that's, that was the, the mantra that they gave over and over and over is we're looking for the right people, you know? Um, and when they let people go, you know, for that were with national music, they weren't the right people. And that was code for whatever you didn't yeah, get along yeah. or you didn't play the game. And 
again, ir irony is, you know, the, as those three years progressed and we went to these conferences, there were more national museums people were present than there were right. the rave people, you know? So I'm like, yeah. oh, I guess we were the right people all along. You know? <laughs> but, you know, Cinemark takes over and it's like night and day, you know? It's like we were welcomed in as part of the team right from the get-go, you know? Um, it was, uh, again, it, if you could give two stark contrast as far as you know how to take over a, a, a acquisition of a company that would be my polar, my polar opposites you know yeah. it was perfect you know so again you know we went through three years of uh of hell but you know we came out you know it was yeah. worth it you know in the good end, so. good yeah i've uh i'd be hard pressed to say a whole lot of negative things about cinemark i mean like any company you know there's ups and downs but sure. um you know having worked for amc and then worked for cinemark um and given the choice, you know, I would easily Absolutely. choose Cinemark. So, Absolutely. Yeah, Absolutely. Well, uh, uh, I know that uh, before we started recording, I told you that uh, it was going to be a surprise when we hit an hour. Uh, <laughs> we actually have gone over crazy. an hour. So let's uh, wrap this up. Crazy. I know, right? Yeah. Yeah. Definitely have to come back and hit upon all my uh, good uh, movie stories. Well, then we're going to circle back to this and, uh, <laughs> and have you back on. So uh well chad thanks so much man for coming on and it was uh thanks for having me yeah it was a good time talking to you so let's chat again later okay all right buddy all right man that was chad bye everybody that's the podcast folks if you're a fan of karen isn't always right you can show your support in two ways first please share with your friends and get them listening also please feel free to donate by going to anchor.fm forward slash chris dash fry that's f-r-e-y forward slash support Please visit kairpodcast.com, K-I-A-R podcast.com, and follow us on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. New episodes are posted weekly on kairpodcast.com, anchor.fm, Spotify, Apple, and pretty much wherever you can listen to a podcast. The views and opinions on this podcast are solely that of the guest and the host and are not representative of any organizations or individuals. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you next time.